Hello and welcome back to the Soccer Speakeasy. Put in the kick there. I'm your courtesy beat writer at the Columbus Dispatch, Jacob Myers. Kyle Robertson, our esteemed photographer, is on vacation. I believe Mike called it a global warming vacation. He's he's out in Arizona doing Arizona things. And Mike is at the Memorial Tournament. So we're recording this on Wednesday, May 29th. So a little breakdown of how this program will go today. We'll recap the crew's most recent loss to the Rapids. Look ahead to New York City FC. That's Pride Night at Mount Frey Stadium. Excited to see any special banners out there. And then that's Saturday at 7.30. And then we'll read off a few questions and we'll answer some of your questions. So first thing, want to tease a little content. Already this week, there's a story on Dispatch.com on the crew set piece issue. You can read that there and, and I've sent it out a few times. Really, just looking at it, the first seven games they didn't allow one. These last eight games they've allowed seven goals off set pieces. It's clearly a thing now and something that I, I think the moments were there early in the games and I kind of addressed this as well and we'll we'll talk about in a little bit. But I think some of those moments were there and teams weren't punishing them as we've kind of mentioned before on this show. And now teams are just punishing them more. It's really that. So they've had to clean this up for a while. Also, I will have a longer feature on Zach Steffen with Saturday being his last game. It just kind of shows his journey from leaving Germany to now being fully ready to go back to Europe. He went over there when he was 19 and now is a 24-year-old and, you know, having more time with his family and support system as well. I believe he'll have some family over there in Europe with him as well. So he should be well prepared for that. And I spoke with his parents, uh, Pat Onstead, who was a big part of Zach's discovery and, and also his maturation as a goalkeeper and just as an athlete on and off the field when he was here. And then I talked to Zach in uh, Charleston a, a few times, a few extended interviews. So I hope you guys like that. That'll be on Dispatch.com tomorrow morning being Thursday and in your paper on your doorstep. This past weekend, I kind of laid out where the crew are right now in terms of everything, really, from the stretch they're in, injuries, where they need to be. There's still 19 games in a 34-game season left, including this coming Saturday. So there's still plenty of time for playoff talk and whatnot. But looking at it now, I... I think it's the question is worth asking and I believe we have a question that'll answer today of just you know are they kind of doomed at this point with over half of the season left definitely not but it's something we can start to talk about a little bit and I mean there you know there are always playoff implications when you play Eastern Conference opponents and this week New York City is just above the line crew there they're tied with them, overtake them, what have you. So yeah, I think it's time we kind of talk about that. So I kind of laid that all out there, what they have to do, what what lies ahead, especially with the Gold Cup. And, and then Jonathan Mensa likely going to be with Ghana for the Africa Cup of Nations tournament. So you can check that out as well. Quick rundown of the standings. DC United is at the top of the table with 25 points. The crew at 16 points still at 5-9-1. That's a minus 8 differential. I swear that didn't change much last time I looked, but they're one in six on on the road. If you if you look at it in an area where they have to get some games back, and Caleb Porter talked about this, I believe a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, you always want to kind of even out your losses at home and with your wins away. So the crew has you know done that in years past, and, and they've made the postseason. They've really excelled at home. And this Saturday, I think obviously there are going to be some rotation things they have to do because of injuries. But it's one that they want to send Zach off on the right 
right note for starters. And then secondly, I mean, they just got to get some points here. And you definitely thought they're going to get at least a point out of Colorado. And then that last minute goal comes in there in the 89th minute. But we don't have to rehash too much of that. Philadelphia Union in second, 24 points. Red Bulls after that, slow start for them, but they've really caught fire. Six, five, and three. And then Atlanta United is below the Montreal Impact. Fifth with 20 points. Impact are in fourth with 21. Then there's New York City FC right there at sixth, 19 points. Toronto at 17. So, I mean, the East is struggling to begin with this year. So I think the crew, they got to get some points here for sure. But the way the East is kind of trending this year, they, they should be around all year. In the Western Conference, your Shield leaders, LAFC with 34 points. Below that is Seattle and the Galaxy at 26 and 25. Then there's Houston, Minnesota, Real Salt Lake, and FC Dallas. So now kind of looking at that Colorado game again, they lost 3-2. Again, set pieces is is a big problem. And we've seen this in previous games too, but this is the first time that they've allowed two goals off set pieces in the same game, and it almost happened in the 84th minute while the game was tied at two. A ball off a set piece comes in and, and the shot hits the post. So there are some major issues there that have to be solved. And it's not really a structural thing as... I followed up with a few players, and Josh Williams specifically, he even threw some BS in there in terms of, as not BS as in he was trying to give me crap for it. He was just saying we can't play the victim anymore. He said the fact that we've given these up, it's on us. I think Caleb Porter said after the game that, you know, the game is on him. He's the head coach. And Josh Williams totally rejected that thought. It's it's on players at this point, he said. So, you know, if you're looking for someone to take ownership of it, I think they're, they definitely are. And Caleb Porter said they're keeping the same structure in their set pieces, their set piece defending specifically. So in terms of big changes, you're not really going to see it. I think it all is a mentality as Josh Williams said, he just he said, go get the ball. And, and they really weren't doing that. If you look when he came in there in the 42nd minute when Hector Jimenez went out with a concussion Josh Williams is really good at defending in the boxes. He is aggressive. He goes after the ball, tries to high point the ball. I'm not too well versed in just the tactics of soccer to know exactly what went wrong with the set pieces. If it's, you know, a timing error of trying to clear that ball, whatever it is, they got to figure it out because obviously Josh Williams kind of has that down. And looking at this Colorado game, obviously it's not a top defense in the league, but the offense came through and they, they did still leave some on the board. You think of the one in the third. 38th minute where Jossie Zardes is right in front of the net. I believe the ball is from Hector on the end line there. Crosses it over. He's right in front of the net and doesn't put it on net. All he has to beat is Tim Howard and he kind of shanked it off the side of the head. So if you're a designated player one, you obviously have to make that. If you're just a good player, if you're a striker in MLS, a starting striker, you have to convert that one. Especially someone like Jossie Zardes who has made, you know, I wouldn't say made a career because he's had two really good years. But last Last year, for sure, in his time in Columbus, he has made it on those little touches on playing with his head and getting goals through the air. So that's definitely one I'm sure he's still kind of kicking himself over. But the same thing was not true as was in other games. The offense was there in this game. The defense was not. It was really in those dangerous moments. Caleb Porter said when he went back over to rewatch the game, it really wasn't 
the defense in general, it was on counterattacks, which is where they gave up that second goal in the first half stoppage. And then it was on set pieces, which has been a known issue. I'm sure they've tried to address it, but now it costs them points. They need to address that quickly. They train specifically against the counter in the set pieces, and that's something Will Trapp said right after the game. And he even said it on Tuesday when we asked him again. He even kind of laughed at it because he just doesn't have an answer right now why these things are happening. It's almost as if they just forget the game plan, which is a big issue. And, you know, these things take time. I, I know... Fans are out there very upset right now. Eight losses in nine games. You have the right to be upset. I think you should be upset, and that's something Will Trapp said too. He said the supporters are upset. You know, Obviously, they have the right to, and they, they should be. That's why you support the team. I think this thing just takes time, and, and it is a little painful right now, I'm sure. You know, They just haven't looked good or a cohesive unit. You know, Caleb Porter likes to say they have one light bulb on, and the other one is off. When are they going to get both of those on? It's been a long time now, and I think they are really looking at this kind of three-week break here after the New York City game to get some guys healthy, start getting some you know fresh legs maybe in those Open Cup games, look at what they have, and then make some personnel changes at the transfer window. You know, I haven't heard anything specifically, but I would be surprised, and we've talked about this plenty of times before, if they weren't pretty active. They're working up to that stadium in 2021. This is a good time to kind of make some moves there. So what has to change specifically on those set pieces going back to the Colorado game? I think it's just being aggressive in those moments, like Josh Williams said, going to get the ball. It's it's really that, knowing your assignments, having a focus, and going and get the ball. They can do that. Maybe they can turn some things around. Looking on offense, Pedro Santos and Jossie Zardes are your goal scorers. The goal there with Pedro Santos getting the cleanup on the right side, what I initially thought were two not great touches and he kind of has to sprint to it and put the ball away before a defender kind of collapsed on it. They were really good touches around defenders to give him a free lane and Tim Howard had no chance to stop in that one. So a good goal from Pedro Santos who I think you could make the argument he has been the best offensive player for the crew so far. And I'm sure there are still Santos doubters out there, and it's not even halfway through the year yet, so I think you're right to still think that. But he's playing really well right now and playing with a lot of confidence. I don't think last year you would have seen him make some moves like that and take those shots. So so that's encouraging if you're looking for a few signs. And then Jossie Zardes, two games in a row. He has no shots on goal. Takes him less than two minutes this time to get a... Or just a shot away, not necessarily on goal. Takes him less than two minutes to get a shot off in this game. He misses that one in the first half, and then his first opportunity in the second half just makes a quick near post run. Iguain with the little chip in and deflects that into the goal. Those are the moments that the crew have been looking for in the attacking third, in that final third. It's just, they are in good moments. It's just finishing ones like that. And I kind of alluded to this earlier in the story that I wrote this past weekend and what needs to change going forward if the crew is going to make the postseason for a third straight time. It's getting more consistent offensive production like they had this past week from Santos, Zardes, and Higuain. And then you need your left winger to chip in, whether that be Robinho or now David Akam now, who I didn't think was particularly sharp in this game. Probably wanted a little more out of him. But if you can get a consistent offensive performance like you had this week, albeit against one of the worst defending teams in MLS, 
I think you're going to start to see some encouraging things from this offense. So we'll put a notebook and on, on that game. Like I said, Saturday, 7.30 is the next game against New York City FC. And that's at 7.30, Pride Night at Mafrey Stadium. Injuries, just kind of recapping those real quick. So this past week, we saw Hector Jimenez went out. He's kind of day-to-day right now in concussion protocol. Then Federico Higuain, he did not see him Tuesday when they were coming off of training. I would assume they're resting that knee. Caleb Porter called it an MCL tweak. If you look at that injury, it could have been a lot worse. But, you know, I think anyone who watches replays and knows a bad knee injury when they see it, it it wasn't too pleasant to watch. So I'm curious what all has transpired there. When you hear MCL, obviously you fear for the worst, but that it was just a tweak. You hope that there's not some little tear that trainers, doctors, anyone can't see. So we'll keep monitoring that situation, but I would expect he's out this week. Other than that, let's see, there's Harrison Awful. Just kind of an update there would be that he might play in the U.S. Open Cup game still. He's just training off to the side right now. Maybe a no-go for this week. Same with Waylon Francis. So they're going to still have to rotate and find some answers on the outside backs. They're now down to their, what, fifth and sixth outside backs, I think that's right, or fourth and fifth. You saw Nico Hansen play over there this week, and there were some good moments, but I think there's definitely, obviously, a work in progress there. I mean, the guy has never played outside back before, so you you expect that. With this three-week break, I know this coaching staff and this team is looking at it as an opportunity to get healthy, to move forward forward into those open cup games see what they kind of got and go from there obviously if you're the crew you're going to be without Zach Steffen you're going to be without guys for the gold cup and you're going to need to fill spots there you need to be at full strength at as many positions as possible just so you stop the bleeding and don't keep sliding during those moments so now I'll look ahead to uh, New York City FC, they're 19 points at 4-1-7. and seven. They haven't lost since March 29th. You look at a few guys up top, including uh, Matrita Morales, who are the top two attacking players for them. With injuries for the crew, Caleb Porter said Tuesday that the coaching staff is considering maybe doing a formation change because of personnel. If they don't go with it, I would assume that they kind of tried it out in training and it just didn't work or they feel like they can still get by with some of the personnel here. Like I said before with with Hanson, I made a mention of it just a little bit ago. They do have another outside back in Connor Maloney. He hasn't played yet this season, just a little bit in preseason and he didn't I think he played just one game under Greg Berhalter. I just don't know if he is MLS caliber and getting in there. If you see him again not getting a start, I think you could probably take that as he's just not at the caliber of level that Caleb Porter wants to put out there and is confident in putting out there, especially for a team that needs to get some offensive production from the outside backs. If there is a switch though in formation, say, you know, a 3-5-2 with three center backs in the back line, then I I just think it'll be temporary. For all the supporters who might want to see a big change, I don't think you're going to get that. NYCFC runs a 3-4-3, so defensively, if you're thinking there could be a formation change, I would think the crew has to keep at least four guys back there. Yes, they do kind of rotate with their defensive midfielders, so dropping another guy back wouldn't be too much of a hassle, but I would still think they want to keep four guys back if there are three guys up top for NYCFC. So that's enough of that. We can move it forward to uh, your questions now. And I'm sure, like every week, 
they just need to get points right now. It's it's that simple. I'm sure it just feels so redundant at this point. It's a strange year for them. I don't think Caleb Porter's ever really had a year like this. And it is frustrating when you get a new coach put in there and he's he's not winning games. I can understand supporters that not sitting well with supporters. It probably shouldn't. But I do think things will be addressed, like I said, in that summer transfer window and moving forward as well. They, they'll be active. They need to get some fresh players in there. It's probably good to change up this group a little bit. And one of the first questions we have, any transfer rumors you can report on right now? None that I have heard. I know, and Caleb Porter just kind of dropped this in last week. He said that Pat Onsed was in Europe scouting, but they're all over the place and in terms of scouting and whatnot. I think Neil McGinnis is international right now looking at some potential players they might be looking at. So it's an ongoing process and scouting, they like to be a year ahead. Obviously, they couldn't do that this year because they didn't know they were going to have a season until December. And as Mike mentioned on a, on a previous episode, around the primary transfer window, they didn't really have the final go-ahead until, you know, right almost at that deadline. So I don't know of any specific transfer rumors, but they're looking into it for sure. It's an active process right now. Patrick, you'll like this one. From at zip6, are you personally fully responsible for this run of play after suggesting crew or supporter shield contenders or only partially responsible? You know, I would say my XW, the expected wins at that moment, were much higher than what one that they've gotten so far. So, you know, I, I'm getting in good spots to call these games fairly, getting in good spots that I think they're going to score goals. I'll take some of the responsibility. If, I, if I'm going to be a somewhat moderator of this program, we should have saved this question for Mike, but he would have had a field day with it. But yeah, if he, I'll take all the blame. If, if they lose again this week, feel free to jump into my mentions. Another question from at Saved Soccer. More likely to happen, Connor Maloney to play at right back or Don Garber to apologize to crew fans? So kind of on the Connor Maloney note, like I said, if, if he plays at outside back, the fact that you haven't seen it so far, I think it suggests that Caleb Porter believes they can find other answers, even if they are pretty much gone with with outside backs. They have it on their on their Christmas wish list at this point. If he does get in there this week and he hasn't been in the previous weeks, it's because they're playing their last card. I just think they're kind of rotating and seeing ev- anything will stick, you know, almost throwing a dart on a board, seeing what'll happen. That's just kind of the spot they're in with these injuries right now. I don't know if Connor Maloney is a long-term answer for the crew as, as in terms of being a bench guy. I don't I don't see him getting a bunch of time, you know, in the starting group, especially with Harrison Awful and Milton Valenzuela. So if he doesn't play this week, I would assume that it would be hard for Connor Maloney to break into any real standard MLS time uh, the rest of the way. This question is from at Solon TLG. What is the mood around the team? How are they dealing with the poor run of form? I think they're maintaining confidence, you know, as much as they can, really. I think when you hear that, it sounds like they're not worried about the run of play right now. And Will Trapp was actually asked about that this week. He specifically said, well, if we get really worried about it and you know start cursing at each other, what good does that do? So I just think they feel like they have to maintain a sense of confidence within each other, within the room, and eventually things will change. But yeah, they're definitely frustrated, no doubt right now. Last question here. Do you see the crew salvaging the season or 
are they starting to slip into too far gone territory? At what point do they have to start winning to still be in it after the three-week break, after the transfer window, or right now? I mean, they have to start building some confidence right now, no doubt about that. As far as salvaging the season, and I kind of wrote this in a piece that went up, I believe, on Memorial Day, so Monday. Right now, what they're looking at is they're in a really tough run. They've had a lot of injuries, and I don't think any of us have really kind of thought of how big of a loss Harrison Awful was, even more so because of the Milton Valenzuela loss at the beginning of the year. That just kind of compounded it all. Getting Harrison back will be a big part of the crew in the second half. I would be surprised if it wasn't. But they also then need to weather a storm through the Gold Cup without Jossie Zardes. Zach Steffen will be gone at that point. Then Will Trap, maybe Waylon if he is fully healthy and then playing for Costa Rica and then W. Guzman. So there are a lot of pieces there that, again, this kind of goes to what they need to address at the summer transfer window. I don't think you strategically get players to make sure you have a full roster during these Gold Cup or Africa Cup of Nations tournaments, those type of things. However, you do need to build depth, and I think getting a guy like David Akam, even though the crew are really just renting him this year, doing those types of things over a long period of time can certainly help. So I think maybe those are a few things that the crew will look at in that transfer window. As far as when do they have to win? Well, they could win this Saturday. And as Caleb Porter has said a few times this week, they'll be right there again above the line, even though they're 6-9-1. I said after this past week that to get to that 51-point threshold that Caleb Porter said most teams that make the playoffs have to be at, they have to win over 60% of the points the rest of their way from here on out. So if you want to say that they have to win now, I don't think you'd be too far off. So I think I'll leave it there, wrap up for this week. We should have a full crew here next week. At some point soon, we're going to get Tim Besmachenko, the crew president on this program. So we've kind of been in works with that throughout the year, but hopefully soon, especially with the break coming up. Obviously, he's been running around all over the place because he doesn't have entirely staff front office this whole year, but they're starting to starting to look that way. So hopefully we have him on soon. I guess it's just me. Follow me at Jacob underscore Myers underscore two five. Got the podfather too in the back on the controls. He's not tapping his watch, thank God, although we should make this program a little better. Yeah, now he's giving me the signal. We'll get out of here. 